You're rolling with Jason and John, 92.9 FM, ESP, and yep, it's me, it's John. Jason informed me uh, earlier this week that uh, I've gone off my deep end, I've gone off the rocker with my um, taking on local politicians, so he has uh, left the show temporarily, Uh, and he is uh, actually on a well-deserved vacation. Uh, He is headed to Universal Studios in Hollywood. Uh, in, in the, the L.A. version of Universal Studios. So, uh, well-deserved vacation for him, so I'll be holding it down uh, this week. Solo dolo. That's fine. We've been here before. We can we can make it out. Uh, big show today. Uh, we got some big news last night uh, on the Memphis basketball side of things, which we will touch on. A, a departure that I think uh, very much should should give you uh, good hope about maybe some returnees uh, and, and a good indication uh, on what might be coming uh, to the University of Memphis. So we'll get into that here uh, on the show momentarily. Pack show, Mark Giannato is going to join us uh, at 11.25. We'll talk to him, get his thoughts on the Memphis basketball situation. Uh, TFLA Leonard, uh, just for those who maybe have not seen it, did announce uh, yesterday on Instagram that he is – uh, going to pursue a professional career. So we'll get into that with Mark at 1125 and more. Looking forward to that. 1225, Ron Slate from 104.5 The Zone 3HL there in Nashville is going to join us. We'll talk uh, a little college basketball with him. You know, Of course, Leonard played there at MTSU in, in Ron Slate's neck of the woods. So we'll get into that with him. Memphis added Javon Quinterly uh, last month, who Ron Slate has seen a lot of, being that he was in the SEC so we'll get into that that addition for Penny Hardaway and more. All of that with Ron Slade, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Ryan Tannehill, the Titans, and more at 1225. And then at 125, Adam Chernoff is going to join us. Who is Adam Chernoff? Adam Chernoff is from Right Angle Sports, which is uh, one of the sharpest betting groups uh, in existence. And Adam, in particular, is one of the guys I respect the most uh, on NFL, on, on football. So... He is going to join us at 125. Um, right Angle has released a few uh, season-long plays already. They released uh, Raiders under. They released uh, Commanders under. They released Falcons uh, over this season. So we're going to get into all of those things, um, uh, taking a look at some some uh, some potential bets uh, that he's looking at, uh, some value, all of those things, some season-long outlooks, all that and more with Adam at 125. So. That is the show today, but wanted to start uh, with the news from yesterday. Uh, TFLA Leonard, who I have no idea if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Now I never have to worry about whether I'm pronouncing his name correctly. This is the beautiful, beautiful part about it. Uh, he ain't coming. He announced on Instagram. This has long been speculated about, uh, whether it was academic or otherwise. But he put on Instagram, thank you to the University of Memphis, Coach Penny, and the rest of the staff for giving me an opportunity to continue my basketball career. I will be foregoing my remaining college eligibility and beginning my professional career. I will remain eligible for the 2024 NBA draft and look forward to focusing on my development both on and off the court. So that was posted late last night uh, by TFLA Leonard. Now you look at his numbers and you say, well, it's a guy that averaged eight and four. Uh, it's a guy that shot, you know, 20 some odd percent from three. Um, on the surface, it, it, it may not look like much of a loss. And I would also just add before we go any further, 
that this is not coming as some shock to Memphis, right? This is not like, oh, we've been completely blindsided. Penny Hardaway can't believe this. How could you do this? No, this is, again, something that's been um, – that sort of made its way into uh, into the public conscience about Memphis sports uh, for a while now. So this is not catching Penny Hardaway uh, by surprise by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but there are a couple things here uh, that, that I think are important to remember. One, when 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 he committed uh, to the University of Memphis, you know they had not um, they had not really fill, filled out their recruiting class. Um, you know Malcolm Dandridge was not coming back. I think they did have maybe Nick Jordan. I think Jordan was the first, but you know they did not expect DeAndre Williams to uh, have any chance at eligibility. I don't remember where Jordan Brown was in terms of the the transfer portal. I don't think he had entered. So when they recruited. Uh, Tiafale Leonard, and then when they and when they give him the pitch, and when they maybe come to an agreement about NIL or, or whatever the case may be, it's in a completely different context than what Penny Hardaway and that staff is looking at today. If you look at this roster today, they now believe, uh, or hope slash believe that they're going to get another year of DeAndre Williams. Okay, so that that takes care of the four spot. At the five, they added. Uh, you know, a, a really good big man, the best player in all of mid-major college basketball last year, Jordan Brown, who had 17-7 and seven against Tennessee. So they've, they've really added players who are better um, on paper than Leonard at the four and at the five, and it's really hard to play Leonard at the three considering that he's not – a shooter at all. I mean, you would have two guys out there in Leonard and Jordan Brown who are just complete non-shooting threats. And we know that shooting has just been too much of a problem uh, for Memphis, you know, over the years. Like, you got to have more shooting out there. And that's what David Jones brings. That's what Javon Quinterly brings. You know, you hope that Caleb Mills' percentages go up. But uh, the reality is, is that once, and I even said this on Jeff's show when, when, um, when Jordan Brown committed late last month, like, it just felt to me that, there was not an obvious spot for TFLA Leonard. It just didn't look like uh, there was a natural fit. He He's the only uh, player on this roster, or was the only player on this roster, that was a projected NBA draft pick. So how do you square with him, um, not only going to him and asking him to come off the bench, but also like <clears throat> you guys reached an agreement about NIL and now you're not starting for me. Mm-hmm. And, and you could be like a, a super valuable six-man, but I, I just don't think that's where his head was, you know? And I don't think that's where, what Memphis sort of um, brought him here to be, you know? Uh, and so w- what what I'm sort of envisioning and, and, and what I'm seeing for this Memphis team is if you get everybody that they think they're going to get, like I think by letting him walk, um, and, and making that sort of conscious decision, I, I think there are always ways to to keep a guy. I, I think it tells you a, a great deal about how confident Memphis is about DeAndre Williams getting that waiver, about Jordan Brown being eligible for the full year. Because I had heard some things like, you know, going back before he committed that Jordan Brown was going to at least have to miss a semester. But apparently Memphis feels a lot better about that than, uh, than, than at the time, what I was hearing at the time. So – um, and they need him, right? I mean, you're playing you're playing a hell of a non-conference schedule. You're playing Virginia. You're playing um, in, in some preseason tournaments uh, that include North Carolina and some other teams. You know, you're playing Texas A&M at their place. You need Jordan Brown uh, for the for the full gamut because 
you know, we're at a point now with Memphis where it's it's time to improve on that seeding because to make a run, you know, it's very difficult to sustain one when you're at eight, nine, uh, maybe worse. Um, so so what you have to do is you have to take advantage of your non-conference schedule. And and I give Penny full credit, like he's built out a, a hellacious non-conference schedule. So you want to have your dudes, but I think by letting him go, essentially. Um, because again, this was not something that that Memphis was uh, taken aback by. This was not like some abrupt uh, development. You, you're you're sort of saying we feel good about DeAndre. We feel good about uh, about Jordan Brown, and then you're bringing in Nick Jordan off the bench, right, to uh, supplement those two. And look, I, I mean, I know we sort of come in here and we say it every year, but I, I and I don't think Memphis is done. But I think with what they've got now, if you're telling me that DeAndre and Jordan can go the full year with Javon Quinterly, with David Jones, who I continue to hear rave reviews about, and a, a preseason player of the year in the AAC once upon a time in Caleb Mills, with the reserves they've got, like, it's a great roster, man. It, it really is. And I think the challenge for Memphis is not going to be uh, – Acquiring talent at, at one time, it looked like that to me. At one time, it looked like okay, you know, you're you're adding some, you know, mid level like Jordan, okay, you know, Leonard from MTSU. Like at one time, it, you know, Jalen Young from UCF. Like it looked at one time, like maybe it would be a talent issue, and that and that you know, Penny would always add one or two guys. Well, clearly, um, he, he shut me up because he added his bet for you know his three best players basically. At the gun here with DeAndre as a waiver, with Javon Quinterly there from Alabama, and of course Jordan Brown from, from Louisiana. So it's no longer a talent issue. I think the the challenge for Penny um, is going to be, especially this year, is you know you have so many newcomers. I think nine is the number right now, um, and you're going to have more. So you got nine plus newcomers, and you really don't have much veteran returners. Like you've got okay DeAndre, which is huge, crucial at this point. Um, and and Jaden, really. Right. That's what you got. So what's imperative for Memphis basketball, I think, and I think maybe this this foreign trip will help, although not everybody will be on it, is is laying that foundation and, and, and setting that culture and making sure that everybody's on the same accord. Because I, I look at last year, they, they, they add a unicorn, in my view, in Kendrick Davis. Uh, not only a, a super productive player, the best player on the team, who fills the the most dire need at point guard. But he was a unicorn in the sense that he was all those things, but he was also super humble. Like he comes into this thing with this great sense of humility. He's like, my only my only mission is getting to the tournament. I've never been. I want to go and I'm I'm coming here for a penny and I want to make sure that we get there and I'm going to do whatever it takes, right? And I think that's such a like guys ain't built like that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they come here, where's my money? Where's my role? Where are my minutes? Now, Kendrick got all those things, but he he was he he assimilated mm-hmm. so seamlessly because again, he comes in sort of hat in hand. I'm here to get to the NCAA tournament. Who's with me? Right. And I, you know, again, I don't know. I, I assume everybody's on on that tip with this team, but you really can't know. Uh, and then you have so many different roles, like Kendrick sliding into the most obvious one, right? Well, now you're replacing point guard, you're replacing two guard, you're replacing the three, you're replacing five. Like you're just your starters are going to be entirely different. So the 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 challenge is 
making sure that everybody is comfortable with their shots and their and we're going to talk to to Ron Slay about this at 12:25 but making sure that everybody is comfortable and accepting of what their responsibilities are and i honestly think like a adding Quinterly is sort of the same ilk of Kendrick like he's not uh, as good a player as Kendrick was but he achieves to me many of the same things he's a guy that won you know uh, 40 games as a starter. He's a guy that won multiple SEC championships. Like he's been a backup. He's been a starter. He's he it, to me. If you're humble enough to come off the bench, basically as a as a as a as a senior, you know, when when uh, when you've been a starter at the same spot, right? Like you clearly have that about you, and I think that will that will actually translate really well uh, here with this Memphis basketball team. But you know, I, I think this roster is 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 undervalued. Um, from a national perspective, I think this, I think this this team should have every bit an expectation of making a second weekend. It's all DeAndre though, really, to get into that f- yeah, top I mean, twenty. You don't have him; it becomes a, a different conversation, yeah. right? I'm expecting him at this point. Okay, I mean, and I think they are expecting him yeah. at this point. And, and and look, the the attorney has been pretty uh, upfront about that the whole way. They feel like they have a good case, right. and they'll know. I mean, they they won't know in time for. Uh, in time for the Dominican trip, yep. but they'll know certainly uh, way before the season starts. And even if, in a worst case scenario, right, uh, he's not eligible or he yep. can't get the waiver, it, it still gives Penny some time, you know, to uh, to go out there and, and and try to find a replacement if the replacement isn't already on the roster. Um, so I think I, I I just feel like from a national perspective, it's just being undervalued. I mean, I think you have five guys who could start for practically any team in the country. Yeah. I didn't see this coming in April and May. I was like you. Yeah. And I think the addition of Rick Stansberry clearly did something. It was yeah. like a it was like a, a, a the, like it was like Bronny getting that uh that hit over there at the uh, the court before he went to the hospital to revive himself. You know, it was like I I think what Rick Stansberry does is it gives Penny plausible deniability. Like you can you can conduct whatever business that you want to conduct <laughs> and you could just blame it on Rick. He's and, like and, a you can, and, and you could just say like, "Oh, that ain't me. That's no. Rick." You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't control what Rick does. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm chilling. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think that's actually it's a little bit of a shield for Penny. Yeah. Uh, and hey, you know, I think it's uh, I think once again savvy on his part. I think it's that it's the whole plausible yeah. deniability thing on on uh, on Penny's behalf. But yeah, look, I I, I just think Wild. you you go through this starting five, man. I mean, Jalen Young is your sixth man or seventh man. Started for UCF last year, you know. And I know it's UCF, but right. still, you're going from starter to, to yeah. reserve. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have yeah. to sort of grade it in that way. Like, so I think when you wow. just take the five, David Jones, I, I, I've said it before, I, I I get rave reviews about him, um, and I know there are you know still a lot of schools that would that that, that wish he played for them, mm-hmm. but if you have five guys top to bottom who could start for practically any team in the country, which I believe to be the case with this Memphis team, um. Like I, I do. I think it's time for Memphis to break through. And like, will I call this season a failure if they only win one game in the tournament? No. But I mean, th- this this program hasn't been to a Sweet Sixteen since two thousand nine. I mean, it's been that long. Yeah. I mean, it's been fifteen years. By the time we get to the tournament, it'll have been fifteen years since Memphis lost to Missouri in the Sweet Sixteen. And and again, I I don't think Memphis is, is quite done here, but I just feel like they not done. They check a lot of boxes with with what they what they already like. Even if it just ended today, right? Right. I I think 
they check so many boxes with point guard play, your big man play, you have your veteran there, you're older than everybody, right? right. Like, I just feel like, truly, this is a top 15 team. Uh, whether or not they'll be recognized as that uh, in the preseason is I- immaterial to me. Yeah. Because the, the beautiful thing about them is that they will have the chance to prove it in their non-conference. They're playing Virginia. They're playing Texas A&M. They're, they have a chance to play North Carolina, et cetera. Like, they'll show who they are in the early goings uh, of this season. And, look, Leonard would have been great. He was rated as one of the top defenders in the country by, you know, one of these uh, one of these bozo Twitter accounts. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. and, and he is that. Like, he actually is that. He is a great defender, and he is, uh, you know, potentially a pro someday, right? I don't want to, like, minimize this because he's not going to be a part of the team. But I think his his absence and his departure actually makes Penny's job easier. Uh, it, it streamlines his entire process because now you just focus on getting DeAndre and Jordan Brown eligible, right? Yeah, that's all you have to worry about. Right. And then the rest of it is 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 Javon Quinterly, who you've got already. He just reported to campus. Yep. You've got Caleb Mills, and then David Jones will report in short order. There's your starting five, and you can work your way from there, you know, and yeah. figure out the sort of rest. Go on this Dominican trip. Maybe JJ Taylor shows that he can shoot mm-hmm. well in game action. Maybe uh, uh, you know Carl Sharon fan. Maybe it's uh, you know what whatever. Like maybe you just you just experiment and you see does somebody emerge and Jaden. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, Jaden's gonna play. We know that. I mean, yeah. we, I mean, he'll be in a rotation. Yeah, like he might start. I mean, he's he, not a bad player though. I mean, I bring him up because he's he's a decent rotation. No, he's uh, absolutely like you're bringing some shooting off the bench. Yeah, you know fine. what I'm saying? Yeah. So no, they're lo- they got they got players now. I mean, I I know people like get so get so uh, exasperated <laughs> by his coming in here and saying it every single year, but I like, get it. It's wild though. You weren't saying that though in April to your to, oh, no, I mean no, no, no. like, I mean, like I, you it's it's changed yeah to, you know? like I, yeah I wasn't sitting here saying when oh. they had uh, you know the UCF point guard and the MTS you're like oh they're loaded watch right. out watch out world right no like I I really do I mean I think they got and it, and it and it again on paper it fits yeah. well together and I think that's the important thing is you have to ensure that that it does uh, I don't think like Leonard to me was like a, a, a bit too much repetition. I think that's where you get into guys not being happy, guys grumbling and mumbling mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, I think when it's pretty clear who each guy is, where they slide in on you know on a starting five, I just think it makes your job easier. Now, again, Penny's going to have to foster that. He's going to have to have discipline. He's going to have to be able to um, you know lay that foundation early on um, because look again. This team could lose two two out of three games early in the season because right. it's, it's it's a tough non conference schedule. You know you have to have that strong culture. But I, I mean I do. I, I'm when when um when I get a when I get an odd on that on that AAC winner, I'm bet Memphis. Wow. I like them, man. I mean, I, I mean, again, uh, providing that everybody plays, that right. everybody, and I know that's always like a, a a great mystery with Memphis. Like, there's always like something that shows up. <laughs> you know, oh, one guy has an academic thing, and one guy has a, uh, oh, he did this and that. So there's always that risk. But I, I, I truly do. I think this has the this has the look of an AAC champion. Uh, it's time. It's time to get a top five seed. It's time to make a, a second weekend, not just for Penny. But for this program, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to revitalize the brand by getting back to a second weekend. You have the talent to do it. You have the experience to do it. Um, maybe Memphis can be expected to do this every year. Seems hard. Seems very difficult to go out there and bring in nine-plus newcomers and, like, all of them, like, actually fit together and mm-hmm. be good and, and beat out teams. But, you know, I, there's really never been a year where Penny hasn't done that. So the next time he does it will be the first time. Still, at some point, you want to cash in. Yeah. And 
just again on paper, even with the departure of Leonard, um, it, it clearly makes it like true that you have to get DeAndre Williams uh, eligible. But they obviously feel good about that if they're letting Leonard walk. So uh, a busy night for Memphis basketball, but not all bad actually. Actually, I, I, there's a chance it could be a, a net positive. So um, there you go. Leonard is off to pursue a professional career, but uh, Memphis still in, in, in pretty good shape uh, from where I sit. So we'll get into all that with Mark Giannato. Talk to him about Memphis's trip to the Dominican, uh, their roster, what he thinks of it, and more on the other side. Stick around. Jason and John, 92 FM, ESPN. I'm Michael Jenkins helping you beat the book with BetQL. Kansas City visits Cleveland on Wednesday, and the BetQL model is a trend for both of these AL Central teams. The Guardians are the third best team to the under this season with over 50% of their games coming into the under, and the Royals are close behind at eighth overall to the under. The first two games of this series have gone under the total as well, so the BetQL model is riding that trend today. Your five-star best bet is to grab the under between Kansas City and Cleveland. Guests appear on the Superbook Sports phone line. Superbook Sports, now open with better odds and favorable prices with Jason and John live from the Topps Barbecue Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. If you need to buy a diamond, go to Robert Irwin Jewelers. I'm actually going to be stopping by there this week to see my man Howie. At Robert Irwin Jewelers, you get more choices. They got lab-grown dimes. They got natural diamonds. So whatever your budget is, whatever your ethics are, there's something for you at Robert Irwin Jewelers. And what they do that nobody else does, peace of mind with the meant-to-be guarantee. Buy your loose diamond and custom-made engagement ring at Robert Irwin Jewelers. And no matter what happens in the next 365 days, you can bring it back and get your money back. And now during the summer of 1,000 engagements, save up to 40% off ready to wear diamond engagement rings. Get 24-month deferred interest. Take up to 60 months to pay at a low APR. Whatever you're looking for, if you're married and you just want to upgrade your ring, Robert Irwin Jewelers can help you do that too. Best customer service in Memphis. Robert Irwin Jewelers. Bigger, brighter diamonds, better prices. Robert Irwin Jewelers online at rijewelers.com. Mark Giannato going to join us here uh, in just a moment, we'll talk to him about the Memphis basketball news of yesterday, which, of course, as we talked about in the open, was the departure, the announced departure, although expected, of uh, of TFIL Leonard. And again, like we really struggled with the pronunciation of this young man's <laughs> name, and I feel a little guilty that Is we it never. Tiafali Leonard? Is that how we're saying it? I mean, Brad, do we, we're, do we're, we ever come on a? La- do we land on a spot? We're never gonna know. That is really the tragedy of losing Leonard. It is, and it might be Leonard. Can we also be clear? His announcement was that he's going. He's going to focus on his pro career. Right. Um, he's not transferred. That's, hor- that's horse crap, though. I mean, in terms of the why. Am I well, wrong? Well, I mean, that's what he's going to do. I mean, he's yeah, not. I mean, I, if I were fired here, I'd fo- focus on my personal career and professional career right, too. Right. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no. I mean, look, it, it was a situation where um, I, I think he did have academic hurdles to clear. Uh, right. That that. Anybody can get through anything with the right motivation. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, but that's... I but I think, you know, if you're Memphis, you want to be really um, diligent and really uh, careful about, you know, following through on things and, and delivering on things. Uh, if, the, if, the, if the context mm-hmm. changes, right, which I Follow. think, look, it's just like anything else. If you hire me to be a radio host, right. but, but then I, I say, you know what, I, I'm – 
I'm going to be a producer. Sure. Right. Yeah. My salary's going to change. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Gonna, you know, I mean, that's just the way it well, works. Well, you never so, know. Uh, yeah. Mark Giannato is here, uh, sports columnist for the Commercial Appeal, host of Giannato and Jeffrey from 2 until 4. I didn't realize I was just getting you and Brad today. Just me, man. Just me and Brad today. Uh-huh. Yeah, Jason is. Uh, Jason said he's had enough of my political <laughs> yeah, diatribe. He walked out. <laughs> he walked so he's out. Uh, he left the the state and city and all that. So. Well, I love it. Two fell three. I think three yeah. fellow Germantown residents who have all gone without water for six days. <laughs> oh, this is this is a nightmare. Yeah. It for smells Germantown. horrible in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, and, and I I will say like I I thought it was just a beautiful touch that. It was so well produced. Like, did Running Pony do that video? Like, who, 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 <laughs> oh, the one with the mayor. Listen, oh, I, who did bro. that video yesterday? I get, I understand why they're under criticism. They handled the press conference the day before pretty badly, and so I can understand why they didn't want to get up there again. Um, but it took a while to uh, get get to the meat of the bone there, meat, the meat on the bone in that video too. Like, okay, like when are we getting our water back? Oh, you still aren't quite sure, but you know things are progressing in the right direction. Right, they're gotcha. like, they're like <laughs> that took five seconds to say, no, the, not the, five minutes. No, the the perfect thing about it was, and again, I know nobody has sympathy for Germantown residents. Believe if you me. can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with BS, Mark. Yeah, they were like, yeah. uh, they were like Mr. Beast. They're like, we have good news for uh, Germantown residents. Click the video yes. to find out. Like, yeah. Like, now you guys are clickbaiting yeah. me into finding out what the hell's going <laughs> on. Get, they're trying to get those page views yeah. up for the month. It's been a big page view month at the yeah. Germantown website. That is the one positive yeah. here of the, uh, That's good. Uh, of, good. The, uh, of the water crisis. And I was like, oh, yeah. thank God, we have good news. And then I watched the video, and I'm like, what's the good news, bro? Like, I still haven't figured that out. That they, yeah. they identified the con- continued contamination source. Is yeah. that good news? Yeah. No, it, listen, it's not a great situation. I'm, ju- I'm just – I've – I feel like the only the only thing you can do is just you kind of roll with the punches. There, like you can you can yell and scream, and sometimes that makes a difference. But it also takes a lot of energy, and and you know, I, hopefully it will be uh, resolved sooner rather than later. Um, because it is, uh, I I do feel like it is getting awkward now. You know, like it's like one thing to like go to someone's house to shower and do some stuff one time. Now we're doing you know? dishes. Now now you're doing multiple times. You yeah. know, I'm at the. Uh, <laughs> I was at an undisclosed. I, I was in a public place washing out a lunch uh, lunch box yesterday. I mean, you know, uh, and yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, it public help. using a public bathroom to yeah, wash like, it I, out. I, mean, I, I don't think uh, I don't think people who haven't had who like most people haven't gone without running water yeah. for a week, right? I mean, it's just not something that happens. You know, like mm-hmm. people will, uh, and it and it's true. Like you don't even I, you can't. Like, I remember hearing about Flint, right? I remember hearing about Flint, Michigan, and how they didn't have water, and like. I, I heard it and I felt bad, but I didn't know what that really meant. And now I can't even fathom. I can't even fathom what those people yeah, in Flint, in the, Michigan, went through. Yeah, no, and it's like the whole system just feels, you know, it feels more fragile than it used to. The just businesses are really getting screwed. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, mean, businesses, I mean, everybody yeah. is. I mean, I and I and I truly do. Like, I, you're right. Yelling and screaming doesn't change anything, but I do think people should should hold their government, however small or big their city is. I was driving down Germantown Parkway the other night, and it was, like, amazing because I was going to get food, and I had I was, like, going to Cordova to pick up food. And it was just amazing. There's that bridge that separates, like, Germantown and Cordova, essentially, and it was, like, 
all the lights were off on this side. All the businesses' lights were off <laughs> oh, on no. this side of the bridge. Then you cross the bridge, and it's like you know, one and only's open. And, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. They, they're just they're on the right side Dude, of the border. Dude, Skybox here. and Collierville is killing it right now. They're on the yeah. they're on the uh, fence there. It's, yeah, it's it's brutal for for uh, a lot of different reasons. And uh, I saw like they're they're forty percent of the way through the the flushing of the system today. So Ugh. you know, yeah. I, I, I am curious. I, I do think it seems like. The whole area is interested in the story, even though it's only affecting people in a portion, you know, a large portion of Germantown. But um, I haven't. Well, maybe I'm just not out, and maybe I don't know enough uh, Memphis people. I don't sense the hostility you do towards towards Germantown people. I just think it's about like, this. I like, think, it's like, like I do think people feel it's bad. Like, people feel bad. Well, I think it's more like, yeah, you thought you were getting out of Memphis and going to the promised land, didn't you? Like that's what you thought. Yeah, but like this is all interrelated. Part of the reason they were using the generator at the water facility is because the power went off. Oh, like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. It's all interconnected. Like, you know, we're all in this together. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh it, it's an absolute catastrophe and uh and I and I hope that uh, cuz I just had one guy tweet me, "Don't be a sissy." Like I, I don't It's sir, fine. Sir, it's not that bad. It's just respect. getting awkward. It's fine though. Like I I'm you know, I'm I'm going to remain optimistic that this is uh Will somebody Ultimately, lose their this job is a, over this? Uh, that is going to be the interesting part when you, because they're very clearly, whether they're plugging their ears and closing their eyes, or they're or they're not telling us what yeah. they know. Um, like yes. they have high-paid city the, people doing these heard, jobs. What we've heard so far on how this happened, sure seems like there was at some point along the way there was some sort of human error involved, right. like whether it was where the generator was positioned. Whether it's a was a faulty generator, whether it was installed wrong or whatever, um, they're probably you know it seems like what they've told eh. us so far, but it's very incomplete details. So the investigation into all of this, yes, will be uh, and, and people have to demand that. By the way, I mean I do think like because it's going to be easy once yeah, your water comes back on to just forget yeah, about it. You go, no, yeah, you're right. On. No, it's because it's going to take a while. Like, these types of investigations, especially when yes. you're dealing with like yes. the government, you know, government entities, but because they're going like, to hide it, they're going to try and hide it course, as yeah, best they, they can. They, they have and, been piss poor in terms of the communication publicly in my in my opinion i, I i've just like well, that, like you're there in a tough spot you need to i was thinking about this actually because i've i know a lot of people in in germantown obviously because i live there and so i've heard similar remarks of what you like oh, i can't believe like we should be getting updates like every couple hours like honestly like it's water it's our water um and i just think they've taken the wrong approach and that you you either need to tell people everything or sometimes you need to tell people nothing. You can't kind of go in between. Which is you what, can't like, that's exactly and that's, that's what a good they've point. done. Like they've gone and kind of in between. They've like, right. they're like, they're clearly not telling us telling everything. Right. But they're also giving just enough details to me. Go wait a minute. You're dumping water in the Wolf River. How does that? Are you dumping the oil in the <laughs> that's Wolf River? That's what my wife said. That's what. Yeah. You're you're uh yeah. you know there was another <laughs> leak. <laughs> right. Right. Well, how long was that leak going? They're just giving just enough details to make you go. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What'd you just say? Hold and, they're, and, they're, and they're digging deeper holes and, and, you know, and begging more questions. And then when you go, what'd you just say? And they're like, no, we didn't oh, say anything. Next question? No. Yeah. 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 So I just. You know, uh, so they just, that's where I think they've, they've, they, they chose the middle ground and there's probably good intentions with that. There will be no more press but, conferences. There's no doubt about but it. No. PR, 
PR wise, you you need to either you need to go either go tell people nothing yeah. or tell people everything. Well, you I mean, can't look, do it. it in it's, between. it's obvious that with, they with were, a crisis like this, the, the, the PR communication team was only used to writing about the horse races every now and then, like the horse. <laughs> it's fair. And, and now, oh god, we have a problem. Uh, what do we do? Yeah, I mean, it's, we're it's, increasing it's, the horse speed limit in exactly. town. Exactly. I will miles say the housewives of Germantown on the message board. My wife gets off on that thing. Like oh, she's re- yeah. oh no, my god, it, it, is. It, it is. It is the mean fest. I don't. I don't. I do not belong. I belong to my neighborhood's Facebook page. I yeah. do not belong to a greater. I can't. I can't handle. Oh, you got to get on there. My it's, wife does it's entertainment. No, my wife doesn't. It sounds intense. Like I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. I got enough going on. Like I don't need it. Amen. I Amen. don't need it. So anyway, uh, no water. Uh, no water and no uh, Tiafale Leonard or whatever. Tiafale. Yeah, like that's it, what Munz. I asked. I after my appearance last week, I asked Munz again, like. This is what you've been told, right? Tiafael. And he was like, yes, that was what I was told. But, you know, and, until he actually said, until I actually heard it out of his mouth, I right. wasn't going to be certain. Well, now we're never going to have to worry about it. I know. I may never see him unless he, like, plays for the Grizzlies yeah. or the Hustle at some yeah. point, you know, maybe. Uh, this was expected. Uh, this has sort of long been uh, uh, about uh, just in terms of his departure. Um, and it was made official yesterday on his Instagram. Um, does this to you indicate a sentiment from Memphis' staff as to how they feel about DeAndre and Jordan? Are the two things totally separate? Like, no, what do you I think? think it's kind of separate. I think it's, I think it's mostly like I don't think compliance thought he was. I don't think they could get him in. Yeah, like there was something that happened. Whether it was like he stopped going to class, I, I don't know the specifics of it, but it sounds like compliance said, "I don't. We don't think we can get him in." And now that happened with DeAndre, and then they you know, figured out some things and did it. They didn't, you know, that that wasn't the case in this situ- situation. Yep. But I think it was mostly like, you know, if his grades were good, I think they would have taken him still. It's not like they, you know, they, they pushed him out or uh, even that he was leaving because he thought he was going to get less playing time than he thought initially. I think it's, he could, they didn't think they could get him in. And my guess is over the last few weeks he's been asking around, hey, can I transfer somewhere else? And, and other schools have been telling him, no, you can't transfer anywhere right, else. Right. So now he's going to spend the year getting yep. ready for the NBA draft. That's yep. all he can do. And, you know, my guess is the next time we'll, the, the next time we'll see him play is in Summer League. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> next year. I, 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 I don't know exactly. <laughs> That's probably what it'll be. I don't know, like, the uh, particulars of the academic situation. Like, I I mean, Jordan Brown, we know, has academic things that they're working through. They feel better about that, whatever. Like, how much of it do you think is, uh, yes, he has academic problems, but we would have been willing to sort of really fight those and get that figured out if not for Jordan Brown. But then you add him, I, and, and it's just like it's a little clumsy in terms of the fit. I, I don't, I, you know, it feels like it's a hypothetical because I don't know if there was right. like a route for right, him. Right, right, Like Like DeAndre found a waiver route. Yep. And I don't know if that was available, something like that was available for, you know, when it's strictly an academic issue with yep. Lennard. Um I was just I had always just been under the impression that it was you know like ultimately he wasn't able to get through the clearinghouse in order to right. come here to Memphis because he's he's not a grad transfer he hasn't tra- transferred before yeah um there's nothing like that standing in his way so um I mean I you know I don't know the answer to that yeah. if you're asking if it's more than that I don't I don't I've I've not been told it's more than that yeah. more than just strictly um. He didn't have the grades. He didn't have right. the, he didn't have the grades to get through the clearinghouse, at least according to compliance. He didn't have the necessary requirements. Did he become expendable in that sense when you add 
if you add. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Penny, like, maybe this is a different situation if, like, he doesn't have DeAndre and right. Jordan Brown. Right. You know, maybe you're, you know, fighting tooth and nail all the way to the, the finish line or something, you know, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think it's easier, certainly, to, like, just let exactly. go. Exactly. Um, you know, when, when you've got a st- – you know, I was just – it's funny. I was out at before I got came here. I was out at the Memphis Sports and Event Center, and like there's like all sorts of college coaches yeah, yeah, out yeah, there yeah. and stuff for this uh, NCAA event. And um, you know, like people are you know people were asking me all the coaches I know were people were asking me about Memphis's lineup. Like, and I don't think it it is. I don't think my impression from being out there and I talked to like seven eight coaches. So this is maybe I'm making a too much of a broad generalization here based off seven or eight coaches, but it's seven, eight coaches from different parts of the country. Right. Um, I don't think anyone really has true concept of like who Penny has on his roster right now. Yeah. Like when I was like, I was kind of like, they were, they were like, I know he's been hitting the portal hard, but like, I don't think it's like they fully grasped, you know, other than like Quinterly, you know, Quinterly kind of resonated nationally but like I don't think they have, and then when you list it out, they're like, "Oh man, that's a starting line." Like that was literally the reaction I got consistently as I was, as we were talking over the course of you know my time over there this morning. And uh, so, um, yeah, to that to your point, like they've got they've got a great starting lineup, and all they need is a couple more guys, probably if that starting lineup comes together. And listen, I'm not convinced. I think there's going to be another guy added to the roster. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm i not uh, privy to say who it is right. or who it could be, but I would I would be surprised if this is if Penny Stan's pat is done. Like, he, I, I'd be surprised. He, he, he never has, right? Like, he, like he, I think there's one more guy coming. He, I think there's one has, more guy coming. I've got a good – I'm never over. Yeah. I, I, I feel, cannot stand still. I feel, uh, I feel pretty good about it. Um, but I, w- I wouldn't want to uh, – I'm not privy to, to say who the, some of these yeah. players are on air. Um, and, that, and honestly, that's why I feel like I think this roster is uh, – and it's funny, like we were having you in every week, you know, in, in March, April, and May, mm-hmm. and I was asking you the same question, how do you feel, how do you feel, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. And, and you said, uh, you know, uh, prudently – that uh, um, let's just wait, let's see what happens, and here we are in uh, in August, and this dude is about to continue to add more players. Yeah, I think the roster is, from a national perspective, in my opinion, undervalued. Like I yeah. feel like all five of these guys that will start for Memphis, provided they get DeAndre and Jordan, could start at ninety nine percent of programs around the country. Yes, like, and I feel it's, like when when you have no, the, that, the, the question isn't the talent. The question is how is it all going to come together, right? And will Penny be able to get it together quickly? Because it's becoming exactly. very clear we're five days away from them leaving for the Dominican. Yep, there's there's a couple guys coming last minute, but they, it's very clear they are not having the full team in the Dominican. Like last I heard, there's like nine guys going, and two of them are walk-ons. Yep, you know, like yep. like and so ultimately, like there's only you know there's just going to be some. It'll help. Yeah, like these, these extra workouts that they get because of it, yep. and even just those seven scholarship guys playing together down there will help. Exactly. Um, but you need to get all these guys in in September, and and like it needs to, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of role sorting to do that I don't think people are like I think it's doable, but I don't yeah. think people are uh, 
giving it enough credit for how difficult I think it's going yeah, to be. Yeah, no, I, I, that I agree with you on because I think last year when you add Kendrick, it was pretty obvious as to the how— The pecking order. Yeah. There were two alphas, like so, so to speak. One, yep. I mean, DeAndre is more of a beta to Kendrick's alpha, but— it like it to that point. It like it kind of fit together yep. uh, really easily. This team, like that starting lineup you named, like yeah, Quinterly has done it before. I think that's why he's a huge ad. Yep. And DeAndre Williams, you can just as having watched him for three years, like you feel like this guy can yep. merge into everyone. Like yep. he's not. He doesn't care if he gets fifteen, twenty shots. Like he doesn't care about right. that. Right. But then you've got these three variables in Caleb Mills, David Jones. Jordan Brown, who were all like, I guess Caleb Mills was like, he, he was like kind of part of a trio of players yep. who split time yep. with the ball. So maybe that helps him. But you've got David Jones and Jordan Brown, who were used to being the man. They have, they, they have to get touches. You got, yeah. you know, you've got to, you're gonna. It's not to say they have to get touches as much as they, everyone has to figure out how they fit together. Like David Jones, David Jones on St. John's was like the guy with the ball in his hands all the time. You know, taking the you know taking the shots at the end of the shot clock. Well, right. I don't know if that's how he's gonna. That's who he is at Memphis. Like, uh, yeah. What if they need him to be a spot up shooter? No doubt. You know, like I now I, I don't I, know if that's in it. I'm just giving that as a hypothetical. I'm not sure if that's him or not. Right. But no, it's true because there's a lot of that to sift through. And my my guess is like, and it's not an indictment on Penny. I think it's hard on any college basketball exactly. coach. Exactly. There's gonna be like. Literally, there's two guys coming back if exactly. DeAndre gets a waiver, and one of them is and Jayden one of them Hardaway. is Jaden, yeah. your son, and so yeah. that's going to be a difficult task. I think he can do it. He did it the last two years, yep. like literally did it the last two years in different ways. It was a little smoother last year, yep. And really, you know, I think Kendrick was a big reason. Like he sort of saw to it. No, that- and 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 the fact of the matter is, one bounce goes differently, and that's. Probably a Sweet Sixteen team uh, there's last no year, question and you're about like it. thinking yeah. about the stakes, so to speak, and where Penny's taking the program even differently than you are now. Yeah. Um, but that being said, you know, I just think, I think, I think ultimately he's going to have them playing well. They're going to be a dangerous team in March. I'm just not so sure it's going to be like. I, I, I'm worried it's not going to be smooth sailing. Like yes. you're going to end up as back as like an eight or nine seed because it's well, going to be just harder than you think. Well, that needs to not to, happen to I to mean, roll to get all the role players together. But then when you get down to it, there you know uh, it's my gut tells me it's going to be a lot like two years ago where there's going to be some growing pains right. early because there's so many new guys. Yes, and then when they get to February and March, they're going to be like one of the most dangerous teams in well, the country. Well, honestly, that's, you, that's how I kind of see this season. You playing hope out. it goes a bit better because I the do experience. hope so. You know no, and, what I'm and saying? Like you when have you age. have the experience of having gone through yeah. the last two years, if you're Penny Hardaway, like you know what went wrong two years ago when you had those kind of. Who's get you know pecking order problems exactly? So hopefully you would hope he's grown from that and he can avoid that. Yep. But at the same time, you know, is, you know, and he's dealing this time instead of dealing with you know twenty one seventeen to twenty one year olds, he's dealing with twenty three to twenty seven year olds basically. Exactly. Um, and so I think that can help too. And so yep. I mean, talent wise, on paper they look great and they look equipped to handle this tough schedule that they're going to have. Uh, in the beginning of the season, and and the benefit they have is you look at that non-conference schedule. There's 13 non-conference games. Ten of them, you know, are probably going to be pretty good games. You can probably go like four and six, five and five in those games if you get the right type of wins, right? And be fine, right? And be fine. 
you know, especially if you like run through league play yeah, by you, and large, you, you go still like get two cracks at even FAU, if you, th- you know. Well, no, like if you went, let's say they went five and five and non five and five in those ten, you know, really tough games. You know, let's say tough games they have. Yep. And they lose two, three times. and zero oh in the bye game, so that's eight and five in non-conference play. And let's say they go, let's say they, let's say that in this scenario they go like fifteen and three in league play, just for the sake of like predicting a. I mean, that's probably a six seed. You think fifteen and three plus that's eight losses? No, that's probably an eight or nine seed out of this league. That especially if you don't win the league. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's probably eight. Eight losses is probably a yeah, eight or nine uh, seed. And that, you know, like is a seven to six. Is if you could if you go if you go uh, you know uh, sixteen and two. Well, the, the the other question is going to be how do how does the committee view the league in its new form? Like, I think it's very important for the league's perception that FAU, whether they're as good as people think they're going to be preseason, right. that they are a consistent top 25, like that there's two top 25 teams uh, in the league in Memphis and FAU. I think it'll help the perception of the league immeasurably. Even if it's not like really, even if like FAU is like technically the 40th best team and Memphis is in the top 20 or vice versa, Yep. like there wouldn't be that much of a difference between the quality of the teams, but perception-wise, there's no doubt about it. If you have two teams in the top 25, the league will just be viewed differently in its new form. And then all you need is, like, you know, maybe Wichita State clicks or maybe Tulane clicks or maybe SMU clicks or, um, you know, I don't even know, maybe UAB clicks, you know. Um, And then, boom, right there you've got, like, the best non-top six league still. Yep. You know, period. And that would help a lot, I think. Um, but yeah, it's gonna depend on the you know, how they view the league in terms of their seed as well. Like, is it gonna be the same where like if Mem- let's say Memphis ran through this schedule, um, let's say they went eight and two in those ten tough games and then went, you know, suffered another two losses in conference play. They're a four loss team. Is a four loss team in the new AAC a top four seed? Is that a top six seed? I I don't know because we've never, you know, like I think the perception of the league might be different. I, I don't know the answer with six new uh, introducing six new teams and subtracting three, yeah, including the one that has been no doubt about it the best team in the league, the one team that's really truly been a nationally recognized team in terms of like Memphis has been nationally rec- recognized in terms of like um, people are aware, but in terms of accomplishments, you know, like Houston is a Final Four team, you know, and right. so. Um, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer yet, how the league's going to be perceived. I suspect it'll take a hit, but I'm hoping it's just a slight hit, Yeah, I at mean, least I, for this year, exactly. because of the perception of FAU. Well, yeah, I mean, FAU has as many Final Four appearances as Houston did in their time in the AAC. I mean, and, yeah. and I, so I, and, and you're bringing And they're returning back. everyone but yeah. one guy. Yeah. Like, they're returning everyone but one guy. But And he was but, like the seventh man or sixth man or whatever. But I was talking. I'll, I'll name, I I was talking to Richie McKay, the Liberty head coach. Like he even brought it up to me. He goes, "Man, he goes, I watched that Memphis FAU game. One bounce of the ball, yeah, and like, you How know, the hell do you know the Liberty coach? He was at UVA when I was covering. UVA. Oh, gotcha. Okay, um, <laughs> that's yeah. random. 
Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, good coach. He, yeah, uh, uh, he used to be like he used to coach it when he was really young. He was like one of the youngest coaches in the country in the '90s at like Cal. Gotcha. And then ran afoul of NCA rules and had to kind of build himself back up. But he's Liberty's really good. He's got a really good program at Liberty. Yeah, they, uh, every time they I look the up, they're like, every year now. yeah, they score like 90 a game. Um, I mean, they're pretty. And now uh, they're in Conference USA. Yeah, so. which means they'll be in the American in about two years. <laughs> hey, so. I don't know. That's you know, yeah. Maybe. I, as someone who has been to Lynchburg and know has been around that school, that is a different type of school. Yeah, that's a you know it, it take you know there's a you've got to you've got to have certain beliefs that yes. there's certain beliefs that have to align together for that to make sense for everyone involved. All right, before then, we get you out of here, uh, Memphis football picked fourth. Yeah, uh, electrifying, huh? Well, I wrote a column. I, if it's like for the sake of the program, for the sake of Ryan Silverfield, like this can't happen. Like, like, this, like which part? Finishing finishing fourth, fourth would be right, like the right, nightmare. Right. It would be the, like I looked it up. The past two years, the fourth place team in the AAC finished seven and five in the regular season. Like that would that would be a nightmare situation, and that there'd be no clear cut answer again. Right. Like I just want there to be a clear. I think this season, to me, your hope if you're a Memphis football fan is a clear cut answer on Ryan Silverfield. Is he the guy? I, and I'm not. Even though I probably, I've made it clear that I would have probably moved on after last season. 